Alrighty. But and they they don't have any food allergies or anything, so. Just nothing spicy, I saw. Okay. All right. So John fifteen one through eight talked about this a little bit. We're just going to kind of continue our discussion from last week. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that he, um, that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it, he it is that bears more fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So as we, what, what's kind of the key, key word through, through this passage? Abide. abide, right? Abiding. So first, we're commanded to abide in Christ, and as a result of abiding in him, we will bear fruit. So the question kind of came up last week a little bit. Um, I wanted to expound upon that a little bit more. But can Jesus be your Savior and not your Lord? No. Nope. All right, no. All right, that, that's kind of a combination that you can't separate. Um, you know, it's not like the Oreo and you can peel it, you know, open it up, you know, lick the frosting out and throw the cookie part away. All right, it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, it's baked together. <laughs> you know, Jesus is Savior, but he's Lord as well. Um, and those two are hand in hand. They're coupled together. Um, and so those that would want to be have a savior but not make jesus their lord th there's a problem there um you know what what is the issue with that when we think about someone who wants a savior but not a lord what's the what is the issue that stems from that what's that they want to still live in that right obedience like right it's a lack of obedience troy so the, the king has a has a law he has a word you have to live according to the word okay and we would, that's the, his authority. You know, he, you know, we don't want, or that individual saying, I want a savior, but not a Lord. They don't want an authority in their life. You know, they want to pass, but they don't want someone to tell them how to live their life or how they should live their life or what expectations there are that they need to live up to. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's an issue. You know, scripture says that Christ um, bought us, right? You know, he bought us with his blood. He purchased us with his blood. And if you buy something, I, I bought a new pair of shoes. And, you know, the, I t told somebody this morning, the, the left one's just killing me. I think I have a blister on the back of my heel already. All right, so these are my shoes. So who has the authority to do what they want to with these shoes? I do. If I want to go home and throw them away because I don't like them, I can. All right, or if I... I'm going to try to put a shoehorn in them and see if that'll work first. But, uh, well, you know, if I, you know, it's that they're mine. I bought them. You know, I choose what to do with them. 
uh, whether I keep them or not or give them away or what I do with them because I'm the one that bought them and they belong to me. Scripture says that when we put our faith in Christ, he has purchased us with his blood. And as a result of him purchasing us, we become his. And since we are his, then we have the obligation then to him to serve him and to do as he commands. All right, so um, can Jesus be your Lord and you not serve him consistently? All right, we shift a little bit. Thoughts? Yep. I'm going to say yes because we're all falling short. Right. We're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven with them. Okay. We, you know, I'm not going to say that we're going to blatantly go out there and sin because it says in there too, just right. because uh, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, that you just go out and sin and you know you're sinning. Mm. But there's a lot of times that. I, yeah, yeah. So, Troy. Say yes because you're human. Same. Right. You know we're not perfect, so yeah. you know. But but the <coughs> the idea of consistently, you know, let's focus on that a little bit. You know, there are times that yes, we we won't. You know, we'll miss the boat. You know, the Holy Spirit will speak to us and tell us to do something, and for whatever reason, you know, whether it's fear or anxiety or we're just we think we're too busy or just we're distracted and we just don't do it, and then afterwards we're like, oh, you know, I, I should have texted, I should have called, I should have spoken, I whatever. You know, it's the Holy Spirit had impressed upon us to do. But I, the, the difference here is you can't just every time ignore him kind of idea. Um, yeah, it's going to, you know, what? I think he, um, you get where you don't hear him. Yeah. When you automatically ignore what you're, what you're being prompted to do. You know, if you, like, I don't, I can't give you an example right now, but I said, oh, okay, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? And then I go this way because I think that's what's best. But, he was telling, but then afterwards, it is impressed upon me that I knew right. that I made a different choice. Yes. So if I keep doing it over and over again and I'm not listening... It's like then I can't hear. You know what I mean? I can't. I don't feel it as... Yes, and I'd say at some point the conviction of that will be so great that you're going to have to be confronted with it. Right. And then at that point, Mm -hmm. you know, as a follower of Christ, (coughs) you're you're going to realize, you know, yes, I'm wrong and I've got to change this. Mm -hmm. And you will consciously at that point have to make that really hard decision whether it's a preaching service or something you're reading in the bible that kind of thing i mean you're the holy spirit's not going to let you get away with it over and over and over and over and over and over again just consistently ignoring him um, without bringing it greatly to your attention all right so yes i mean you know we're we're not going to serve him perfectly but the idea is that we are striving to consistently serve him and we are wanting to do more. We're wanting to do better at it. And so that's part of our growing and maturing um, in Christ and allowing him to conform us to his image. So what book in the New Testament can we find a lot of verses to help support this point? This idea that 
if we if if we are who we say we are, then we're going to live live it out. Okay, James is a good one. Can anybody think of another one? What's that? John. Right, John. And I would say first John. So flip over to first John. We're gonna pick a verse and I'm when you we're just gonna read a bunch of verses this morning and um Put them together. We're just going to work our way through the book of 1 John. So somebody find verse 6, verse 8, and then when you get there, uh, when I call it out, you can read it. I'm not going to read them all. I'm going to, I'll let you do a little bit of work this morning. So 1 John 1, 6. If you haven't, read it. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. All right. So... You know, and just as we work through this, a lot of these are the if we says. You know, and I kind of, as I worked through First John, I lo- was looking for John, where he, you know, is telling his readers, you know, if you say you have fellowship with Him, God, but you're walking in darkness, you know, he says you're a liar. You know that you're not practicing the truth. All right, verse eight. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. All right, so again, you know, we have to acknowledge, I think Pastor mentioned that this morning in the 830 service, you know, we are sinners saved by grace. You know, we still have a sin nature. And and no, we're not perfect. You know, we're not better or holier than others. Um, And we've got to acknowledge the fact that, yes, I do have sin. I can't just pretend like I don't. Because then what? It's just I'm deceiving myself. I'm not looking at the truth um, as it is written. All right, verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Okay, again, harsh statement here. You know, we make God a liar, and God's word's not in us if we don't acknowledge that we're sinners. All right, chapter 2, verse 4. Go ahead, Kathy. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. The truth is not in him. Okay, so, you know, here, you know, the, 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 the encouragement, the exhortation is that we're keeping his commandments. Um, if we say we know God, if we say we have a relationship with him, then our life should back that up, and we should be keeping the commandments. We should be doing what... Um, we are instructed to do. So those are going together. Verse 6, Chris. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. All right, so how do we find out how it is that Christ walked? Okay, how do we follow him? What, Chris? Right, we have to be in his word. We have to be studying his word, searching out his word, finding out you know, the mind of Christ. You know, Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we have to flesh that out. We have to figure out what does that look like? You know, what are the characteristics that Christ portrayed that I should portray? We talked a couple weeks ago about the fruit of the Spirit. You know, what are the, what are the fruit of the, what are the, what is the fruit of the Spirit? You know, and how, how can I allow him to be implementing those into my life? And then growing them, building them. All right, chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. Should have read one of the first ones because this is the longer one. 
practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. If you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. He cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By that it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Do you see any gray area in there? Nope. No, John's pretty black and white, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't mince any words. He, he just speaks truth. Um, and notice when he says, you know, practices sinning, practices, you know, righteousness. You know, it's the idea that we are consistently, you know, in a habit of that. Okay, so the, the difference, and you know, because again, we just said, you know, we have a sinful nature. Yes, we sin, but... Do we allow that sin to become a habit and we just aren't willing to change it? We aren't willing to allow the Holy Spirit to get the victory um, with us in that area. Okay, and that would be, the, to me, that's, that's kind of the dividing point. You know, yes, we sin, but do I just make it a habit and then just excuse it and not change? Um, Beth and I used to rent mobile homes and one of our tenants was a, a female pastor of a small church. And um, she was the pastor and her husband was the bishop there. And, you know, she, you know, and she, they, we, you know, we knew that they smoked and she knew that we knew that they smoked. And she knew that I was a Baptist pastor and whatever. So one day I, we were, I saw her in the yard and we were talking. And, you know, she goes, I know that you know that we smoke. And, you know, I just tell my people that, you know, smoking's not a sin, it's just a bad habit. And I was like, okay, well, we could agree to, you know, we can disagree on that, but anyway. Um, you know, and, and yes, you know, any, truly any bad habit becomes a sin, right? Mm-hmm. You know, overeating, you know, we could start naming a whole bunch of them. You know, we can't just excuse it as a bad habit, we have to call it what it is. Um, and at some point, it becomes sin in our lives. Um, 324. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. All right, so do you see a little shift from the first few verses that we've been looking at now to this one? Or what is the shift? This is focusing on the believer. Yes. All right, but you know, the, all the ones before, it, it's kind of that contrast, unbeliever, believer, unbeliever, believer. You know, now John's focused more on, you know, we're keeping his commands, we're abiding in God, God's in us. This is, we know that he's abiding in us because of the spirit that he's given us. And that idea that the Holy Spirit is going to give you that um, assurance. 
and that confidence that you are in him. All right, um, chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And when we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. All right, good. So again, more positive or more to the believer, all right? When he uses the word confesses, um, what is implied there or what's meant by that? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. You believe it and it's part of your testimony. Right. You know, it's not just, you know, you know I, I'm sure all of us have met people that said, you know, have spoken and said Jesus is is you know, the Son of God, but it's more of a head knowledge. It's not a heart knowledge. You know, they're expressing a fact, but they don't truly believe it. Um, so th- here it's this idea that it's, it's you're confessing what you believe. You're, you're proclaiming what you believe. You know, you're proclaiming that Jesus is the Son of God, and we know that because it says God abides in him, and God only abides in those um, that have placed their faith and trust in, in God, um, in Christ. So, you know, if we abide in um, God, then his love is going to abide in us. And it says God abides in us. So, uh, you know, just so many, so many cool things. Um, you, know, it, the, you know, God is love. You know, I, literally. You know, it says, the, uh, it says um, whoever abides in love abides in God. God abides in him. You know, God is love. And so that will be what we, part of what we're known for, something that we're known for, something that is seen in us um, as a child of God. Then chapter 5, 1 through 3. Real quick. Yep. You also notice in those, three, those four verses that also bring all three members of the Trinity. Yes. Together. Yep. So you can't, you can't separate. Correct. Good, Chris. Good observation. Good. And then um, 1 through 3, chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. Uh, One more. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. All righty. So, you know, just a lot of good truths there this morning as well. Um, you know, John <coughs> defines in verse 1, you know, who has been born of God. It's the one who believes that Jesus is the Christ. Um, and as, you know, when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're going to love the Father. Um, you're going to love others, other children, other brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and then... You're going to show that show your belief by obeying his commandments and keeping them. Um, and we've got to understand that you know God's commandments aren't burdensome. Um, how? Why is that? Why can we say they're not burdensome? Because you know, obviously, I mean, sometimes we might feel as if they are. It's his love for us. Okay. 
All right, yes, the, the Spirit will give us the strength or the direction that we need to follow them. And yeah. Okay, it's, yes, the, the commandments are for our good. Um, you know, and sometimes, you know, those of us that have had children or have children or have had younger children, you know, trying to explain to them, you know, why we have rules and what the rules are for. And, you know, those rules are, you know, it's not to hurt them. It's to protect them. It's to help guide them. It's, you know, all of that. Um, you know, and they just, they don't understand it because they don't see what we see. You know, and so often we don't see things from God's perspective. You know, what does it tell us in the Old Testament? Jeremiah, it says, you know, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways aren't our ways. Um, but we've got to, what's that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, you know, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit in Scripture to teach us God's mind. And God's thoughts, because it's not our natural inclination. <laughs> you know, those are things that we've got to learn. Um, you know, again, just those with small children. You know, you don't have to teach them to sin, do you? I mean, they got that down pretty well. You have to teach them to behave. You have to teach them to obey. You, you have to teach the positive, right things. Um, and so we have to learn the, the positive, right things. Um, that we learn from God. And then verse 18 of chapter 5. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. Alrighty, so here we see, you know, we don't keep on sinning. It's sinning. It's that idea that it, it doesn't become habitual. It's not our MO, so to speak. Um, you know, God will protect us. The evil one can't touch us without God's permission. What's a great Old Testament story that helps us understand that? Job. Job. Good. All right. We, you know, we see from the life of Job that, um, you know, anything that was done to him by Satan was approved by God. And um, we have that same assurance in our life. We, and again, Job didn't understand it. And we sure don't often either. We just have to accept that you know, God is allowing it, and for whatever reason, and we're going to try to figure that out if we can. If not, we're just going to believe and continue to serve. Um, and as Job said, you know, if he slays me, I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to trust him um, and just have that positive belief and maintain that attitude in him. All right, so next week we'll talk about um, the fact that we are meant to bear good fruit and Give, give that question some thought this week. You know, in what way do we have a choice in the type of fruit that we produce? Um, or do you have a choice in the type of fruit that you'll produce? Um, can kind of go either way. So give that some thought um, for this week, and we'll talk about that next week. Um, Jeremiah, mind closing us in prayer? Thank you all.